welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What's up? We are the Fantasy Football Fathers and this is our podcast. Uh, thank you for for joining us. Um, today we're going to be covering all of the early window games and there's a lot of them. So big show, big show for sure. We're going to be covering every single matchup, talking about starts and sits for each of these matchups, uh, who we like, who we don't like. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So uh, if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, happy to answer any of your start sw- sit questions there. Um, give you our best insights. Uh, if you're new to the show, it's a fairly new show. We uh, started recording this podcast last year, um, you know, out of the love for fantasy football. It's just uh, been a, a massive hobby of ours for many, many years, and uh, we've had some pretty good success. So we feel like we can help you on your journey to winning a fantasy football championship. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Could have said any better. Um, I do want to say that we are missing our, our third co-host here, uh, Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Um, he's out sick still. He should hopefully be back next week. Uh, sorry for whatever that was. Getting a little feedback there. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll let Trey know. I'll let Trey know about it. He'll, he'll cut it out. Um, we should be okay. Let's just keep moving. I feel like I can't move right now. I don't know why that's <laughs> happening, but I'll try to sit as still as possible as I can for this next hour. <laughs> uh, good old technology and wires, you know. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to get right into these early game window, uh, early, early window games, uh, starting with the Thursday night game, which is kicking off tomorrow night. Should be a, a banger of a Thursday night game. The Dolphins taking on the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, right now, the Bengals are four-point favorites. The over-under is uh, 47 points. Uh, right off the bat, are you a little surprised, um, given how the Bengals have played, that they are four-point favorites in this matchup? You know, I was. When I first put that down, I was like, really? I was like, I understand they're at home, but like, I don't know, man. I, I think people are still riding the the Bengals, you know, going to the Super Bowl last year. It's like we were all surprised they made it there in the first place, and they're struggling a little bit right now so far this season. So, and the Dolphins look great. I mean, they just beat the Bills, right? Who we all thought, you know, two weeks into the season, people were like, "Could they go undefeated?" Because they looked that damn good. So, a little surprising. Yeah, that is a little surprising to me as well, right off the bat. Um, yeah. Well, let's get right into this. Um, Starting on, I guess, the Miami side uh, here. You know, what are we doing with this backfield uh, in Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster? Chase Edmonds did have the two touchdowns last year or last week, but not many yards on the ground. The usage is not there that we were hoping so, for as far as the volume. Um, neither guy really taking a hold of this backfield and being the guy. You know, uh, if you did start Chase last week, you kind of got lucky with the two goal line touchdowns. 
I mean, at this point, you know, on a Thursday night game, uh, pretty decent matchup. I mean, are you trusting Chase Edmonds or Raheem in your lineups this week on Thursday night? Honestly, no. Um, it's just there's there's like you said, like there's no one's taking a hold of this backfield. It's touches are basically 50 50 and neither ones are are doing a whole lot with the carries carries they are getting. Like you said, the touchdowns were are fluky. And so, no, I wouldn't put either one in my lineup right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have Chase Edmonds in quite a few leagues, and I don't think I'm going to be starting him uh, given the other options on my roster. I, you just really can't trust uh, the volume right now, and that's the biggest thing. You know, when you're talking about running backs or fantasy football, you want to see that volume. Uh, you want to have, you know, a guy that's getting – you know, double digit touches week in and week out. And it's just not there for chase right now. And it's unfortunate, uh, because he was, you know, um, what I figured a really nice value in drafts this year, but it, it's not coming to fruition. He's really got to take a hold of this backfield and prove that he needs to get all, or at least majority of touches. And it's just not there right now. Um, what about Tua? He's dealing with back issues. Um, you know, obviously he has the two elite receivers that can, that can, uh, bring him some nice fantasy value, but are you starting him? Um, I mean, I'm more concerned about the way things went down in the last game with him, honestly, and the whole concussion protocol. And I feel like them calling it a back injury now is kind of trying to skirt the rules a little bit. Um, uh, not really sure, sure what's going on there. I don't know. I mean, he smacked the hell out of his head, dude. And all of a sudden, he has a back injury, and he yeah. looked woozy. I mean, it was it was weird to begin with. So, I don't know. That's what my bigger bigger concern is, honestly. Um, but in terms of starting this week, regardless of injury, honestly, he's not a very good streamable player. The Bengals have been really good against quarterbacks this year. They are the third best against them on the season, only giving up ten points per game to the position. So. Even with a high flying offense, I would be concerned about Tua, you know, being a streamable option this week. Okay, but Tyreek and Jalen Waddle obviously uh, must starts at this point. Yeah, I mean them you have to, um, you know, and I'm sure one of them will end up having a good game. One will have kind of a mediocre, or maybe even a poor game, but that's the dice you're gonna roll. Uh, Mike Asiki, the tight end, who you know we all know has great athletic ability, but. He's still rostered in 54% of leagues on sleeper. Um, he's not getting the amount of volume you'd like to see, especially with you know other guys at the position that are getting more targets week in and week out uh, on the waiver wire. So um, he's being out-snapped right now by their second tight end, Durham Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the hell that guy's name is. <laughs> um, which is concerning for sure. I, yeah. You know, there was um, inklings into this situation in training camp. Gesicki just didn't really fit what their what their offense wanted to do. Uh, they need more of a, a run blocker or pass blocker in that position right now because of the weapons they have everywhere else. So if you're still relying on Gesicki, you shouldn't be, right? Yeah, absolutely. Gesicki should be dropped in all leagues, I think, at this point. So. For all starting tight ends in the NFL, he's being targeted at the second least amount, only be being better than Hunter Henry. The guy who's just in front of him is actually Dawson Knox, who I also believe you should be dropping in all leagues until we see something better from either one of them. Uh, you got to find a better option. 
On the other side of the ball, uh, Joe Mixon, who's been a little bit underwhelming, I'd say, um, throughout the beginning of the season. He also left week three's game uh, against the Jets with an ankle injury, uh, but was a full participant in practice on Tuesday, so should be good to go on Thursday. But Yeah, uh, and he, they, they did officially clear him today as well, so there's no injury designation for him right now. Still firing up, no doubt about it, with Joe Mixon right now. I mean, you have to. I mean, you probably drafted him, you know, the back end of the first or or somewhere early in the second. So like, you have to go with him. Yeah, I. You know, the big story was they got to fix the offensive line all off season, and and they spent a lot of money to do so. But it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's working. <laughs> Their offensive line to me doesn't look any better than it did last year, and it's it's really hindering this offense's ability to move the football and Joe Mixon to be fantasy relevant. So, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of just have to hang in there for now with Joe. I mean, you're not going to get uh, the value um, out of him if you were to try to trade him. So you just kind of have to ride the wave right now. Yep. Um, And you should be picking up some AJP Ryan uh, if you are the Mixon owner, just in case that ankle comes back um, to bug him. Higgins dealing with a toe injury, uh, but is expected to be good to go for Thursday. Um, You think uh, if you're the Higgins owner, you should be picking up Tyler Boyd just in case um, Higgins is out on Thursday? Um, I would say yes, but it is he's the same thing as Joe Mixon. They took him off the injury report today, so he should be good to go. Um, And I would expect him to have a, a normal T. Higgins type of game. All right. Uh, obviously, Joe Burrow, you're starting. Jamar, you're starting. Do you see Hayden Hurst as a streamable option this week at tight end? I mean, he's better than Mike Gesicki. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Seahawks <laughs> taking on the Lions. The Lions are four and a half point favorites. Gosh, how does that feel as a Seattle Seahawks fan? <laughs> <laughs> um. Are you over it at this point? I'm just expecting this week in and week out, especially like this is one of the games that when we when we first started the season, I'm looking at the schedule I'm like, hey, this is might be a winnable game for the Seahawks. Now, no, the Detroit looks de- pretty good. They might even push for a playoff spot, and the Seahawks are looking for the number one overall pick. So you know what? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, 49 and a half point over under. So a decent over under for this game. Um Las Vegas is expecting some points to be scored. So, I mean, both defenses are pretty damn bad. So, true, true. Uh, Rashad Penny seems to be the lead guy in this backfield, but 10 carries and 40 yards per game um, is is not great. Uh, But is this the game that he really gets it going? I mean, it's as good a time as ever. Um, The Lions are dead last in the league against running backs. So, if there's a time that he's going to, it would be this one, but at the same time, the way that they're divvying up carries, um, even though he is getting the majority of them, who knows, man? This could be a game where, you know, either him or um, Kenny Walker break out. Like, they could even end up, for some odd reason, they could end up relying on, like, DJ Dallas. That's just what the Seahawks do. It's hard to tell. And until, like, maybe there's, if there's, like, an injury or something, um, this is a backfield you should probably avoid. 
Uh, what about the receivers? Last week sounded like you and Trey when I was out. Um, liked Tyler Lockett as kind of the receiver to play in their matchup last week against the Falcons. Uh, DK ended up uh, with 12 targets, though, last week. Uh, are they going to continue to heavily target DK, or what's your opinion uh, for these receivers? So I'm still leaning towards Tyler Lockett because it still bodes better with Geno Smith. And DK did lead the team with 12 targets. Tyler was right behind him with 11. Um, but the difference is that Tyler Lockett caught nine of his targets, where DK only caught five. And DK was really buoyed by that uh, touchdown he had. So um, I'm, it's still going to be the Tyler Lockett uh, is the guy I want out of these two receivers right now, which I know sucks to say because most people drafted DK early in most drafts. And Tyler Lockett was like a 10th round pick. So that kind of sucks for the for the DK owners, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, um, I will say, you know, if you're in a, a a dynasty league, this might be the time to go buy a DK Metcalf, <laughs> and you might be able to get him at quite the value. Um, yeah, as as I have done recently. Yeah, yeah. We Trey and I talked about that last week too. Um, and and he 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 brought up the trade, and I reminded him it wasn't a dynasty league. He goes, "That makes a big difference," and it, it really does. I mean, a standard you know half PPR league, a redraft league, it's not something you would do. But in dynasty leagues, that's a whole different ball game. You know, DK is still a young, very very talented player. You know, it has all pro potential. So if you can get him in a dynasty league, and you have to wait it out for you know this season and maybe next when you're breaking in a rookie quarterback for him to get back to the being really good. It's still going to pay off for you in the end. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Amon Ross St. Brown left uh, week three's game with an ankle injury. Um, it's being um, touted as, as as a minor injury right now. Um, he was listed as week to week as of Tuesday and was held out of practice on Wednesday. CBS Sports is reporting that the Lions plan to be cautious with St. Brown. Um so do you think he's going to be out this week? That's kind of what it sounds like. I mean, week to week is a lot different than day to day. Um, and so that's concerning that they're designating him that way, that it's like going to be a wait and see type of thing. And when you say week to week, it's not like you, you're expecting him to miss this game. And why not be cautious? It's not like the, the Lions are fighting. I mean, like I said, they could push for a playoff spot, but that's, you know, that's a long ways down the road. Like, don't hurt you know, your number one receiver and a budding talent in this league just to go beat the Seahawks, which you'll probably do without him anyways. Yeah, I would imagine Dan Campbell and his staff feel like they can go win this game without Amon Ra, um, and that would make me that makes me very cautious as someone who did draft Amon Ra in, in a lot of leagues this year. Um, you know, it sucks that he's not going to be out there, but you got to pivot, you know, in times like this and, and just try to find someone else that can fill that void even though Amon Ra has been absolutely on fire uh, to start this season. Um, Josh Reynolds seemed to soak up some of those targets that were missing uh, or when St. Brown was out was, was missing. Um, But he's also dealing with an ankle injury and his status is up in the air for the game. Missed practice on Wednesday, which doesn't bode well for his status. If both Reynolds and St. Brown are out, is there someone else you would be comfortable with plugging into the Lions offense um, in the passing game? I mean, I guess your initial thought is DJ Shark just because he's kind of the next man up, but 
it's hard to say for sure. Who knows what happened at that point? My initial thought would be it'd be TJ Hawkinson, but he also missed practice today with a toe injury. Of course so yeah. So I mean, I don't know what to do there. Um, this is just one of those weeks that you need to keep a close eye on what's happening on Thursday and Friday when it comes to practices and see who's who's trending up and who's trending down. Um, I'm you're gonna hope that Josh Reynolds and Hawkinson are in, but if they're not, man, you gotta pivot hard. And I'm not sure if another Lions receiver is the way you want to pivot to. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. And, you know, I wish TJ was healthy this week because like we got to see it out of TJ Hawkinson, man. It's he's been touted for years at this point and we're just not seeing it. Um, he's not returning the value that he's been at the last couple of years. And again, sounds like we're going to miss that opportunity again this week. If you're relying on TJ Hawkinson at tight end, I, you know, it, and it's a tough position to figure out in fantasy football, but um, hopefully if you're listening to this show, you didn't draft TJ Hawkinson uh, where he was going in drafts. Cause I think we all agreed that it was probably too high. Yeah. I think he was going roughly around the eighth round. And I think we were all a lot more comfortable getting him like the 10th or the 11th. Um, so if you got him there, cool. I think I'm still happy. Even with the current production, I'm okay with that because the, you didn't spend a premium on him, but the guys that got him anywhere between like the sixth and eighth round, I mean, you're, you're hurting a little bit. So Seahawks defense isn't great this year. Um, if you're hurting at the quarterback position, do you see Jared Goff as a streamable option, even with some of his top receivers and targets um, hurting going into this game? I mean, not with all the injuries. Right. If he had his guys, I would say absolutely. But man, there's so many injuries. And if you're in an absolute bind and hopefully, like I said, you get Reynolds or Hawkinson back in for this week, then you could feel better about throwing him into your lineup if need be. But man, if you're in a standard, you know, 10 or 12 team league, I think you have better routes to go. All right, moving on to the Vikings taking on the Saints. This one is in London. Uh, the Vikings are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 43 and a half points. So not a, uh, a big over under here. Um, starting on the Viking side of the ball, Dalvin cook is, uh, officially listed as day to day with the dislocated shoulders, not expected to practice on Wednesday. He might be able to suit up this week while wearing a harness. Uh, but managers should really pay close attention to practice reports going into this game. You know, it's going to be really early in the morning, at least if you're on the West Coast. Um, so you've got to be paying attention to this on Saturday and, and kind of see what his status is. If he's playing and active, though, you're starting him, right? Oh, I mean, you have to. I mean, you're not going to, you know, use the draft capital you did on him and then not put him in just because he's dealing with an injury. They, If they think he's healthy enough to play, then you're going to put him in there. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to. So, but again, Keep an eye on on the weekly you know report or for practice reports, and because if he's not going to play, then hopefully you you were one of the lucky owners to pick up or already had Alexander Madison, and that's an easy plug and play. Right. Traditionally, you know, if you draft Alvin Cook in the first round, you should be targeting Alexander Madison um, at some point in the draft. Probably have to reach on him a little bit so no one else snipes him from you, and that's just kind of been the the story with Dalvin cook. If you draft Dalvin cook, you have to draft Alexander. If you do that, you're basically guaranteed a stud RB one through the entire season. But if you did get Dalvin and didn't get Alexander, then 
you got to figure it out and hopefully you have someone else you can pivot to uh, in case he's, he's not playing. Uh, going to the receiving game, Justin Jefferson um, has been missing for the last two weeks. Has he been found? Shit, man. I think the APP is still out. I mean, what <laughs> the hell is happening? Like, how does he blow up? Like, he came out coming into the season, I think the week before the first game, he came out and said, he goes, this year I'm going to prove that I'm the number one receiver in the NFL. And week one, you said, damn, he's going to do it. And now I don't know where he is. He, he's gone. I don't know. They're, he's kidnapped and put an imposter in his place. I don't understand it. But, I mean, he has, what, like 10 points in the last two games combined? That's not number one receiver type. And that's not even, like, as a number one receiver, you're allowed to have, like, one bad game. Shit happens. You can't do back-to-back bad games like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty disappointing uh, for Justin Jefferson managers. Um, you know, I I think defenses are saying, hey, let's, you know, completely hone in on Justin Jefferson and, and let's le- let's let um the old man Adam Thielen and the young guy KJ Osborne beat us if they can. You know, and that's having an effect. Um but you would assume Justin Jefferson is of the caliber where that doesn't matter, right? He can get open no matter what. He's always open. Like they yeah, say you about have the best receivers. He's always open. So Yeah, you have um, to learn to to one either still beat that coverage or your quarterback needs to trust you enough just to give you the opportunity because you're going to go make the play regardless. So I don't know if it's a Justin Jefferson issue or if it's a Kirk Cousin issue is right now. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but they got to figure it out. Uh, given the state of affairs right now, and if you drafted Adam Thielen, still have him on your roster, are you plugging him in after last week going six for 61 in a touchdown? Um. I don't know, man. I was iffy about Thielen last week, even against a good matchup. And the Lions this week is a much tougher matchup. But I mean, if they are, if teams are going to continue to double Justin Jefferson, I think you have to throw Thielen in your lineup. I mean, someone's got to pick the slack. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think he's a solid flex this week. Um, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> he's been absolutely killing a lot of my teams. Uh, quite a <laughs> few of them that I drafted him in. Um, you know, he was what we thought was a, a, an extreme value going into the season, given, you know, the news about his legal situation. People were letting him slide in drafts. Um, I was one person that was taking advantage of that and, and drafting him where I could. But it's been rough, man. Bad start to the season. He's already missed one game. He's only scored 11 points combined in the other two. Minnesota is giving up the fourth most points to running backs so far this season even though it's a short uh or a small sample size but are you plugging kamara back in this week um you know yeah i think this is going to be the breakout game for kamara um minnesota they've their defense has been a little rough for the last couple of years to be honest so and it yeah it's still happening this week or this year um he missed week two with the injury and then i think he was probably still lingering from that a little bit in week three. So I am expecting more from him this week. I just am. Um, you know, he's too he's too good of a talent, too good of a player to continue to put up bad games. Uh, in the receiving game, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Traquan Smith are all dealing with some injuries um, that could keep him out of this game or at least limit their snap count. Uh, it's been the, the case the last couple of weeks and Chris Olave has really taken advantage, talented rookie, uh, this year. 
He's got 13 targets each of the last two weeks. He turned those targets into nine catches for 147 yards last week. To me, Alave is a must start. In fact, I believe he is my must or my start of the week at receiver this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you can't ignore that kind of production and usage, um, regardless of who's in there, who's out. And it looks like there's a pretty good chance Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry missed the game. Traquan Smith is in concussion protocol. He did practice limitedly today, so we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, there's no one else to throw the ball. Not to mention, Taysom Hill is also on the injury report, so there's no one you can't throw it to him either. Um, the passing attack for the Saints in general hasn't been great, but Olave has been a bright spot, and that should continue to happen. Yeah, I expect him to have a huge game. Um, Browns at the Falcons. Uh, Browns are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 49-and-a-half points. Kareem Hunt has been kind of quiet on the Brown side after his his big game in week one, scoring two touchdowns. Uh, what do you do with Kareem Hunt? I mean, are you starting him again this week? You know, it's getting a little bit dicey for me as someone who did draft Kareem Hunt in quite a few leagues. Yeah, um, it's it's rough right now. I mean, th- my biggest concern is that his snap percentage has dropped each of the last two weeks. And so he's not even getting on the field as much as he did in week one, which is the biggest concern. Um, Obviously, the Falcons, it's a pretty good matchup. Their defense is pretty, pretty awful. And so I think you can roll them in your flex one more time this week. But if he puts up another kind of dud of a game, then I'm then I'm off that bandwagon for sure. Would you start uh, Kareem Hunt or Chase Edmonds this week? Uh, I would lean towards Hunt, but I mean. Actually, I I would absolutely go with Hunt over Edmonds this week. The more I think <laughs> about it, but uh, but yeah, I'm still like I said, I'm still if he puts up another dud this week against a really good matchup, then yeah, I, I'm jumping off. All right, and Trey's favorite player in the NFL, Amari Cooper, has had back to back top ten finishes and is sitting at the wide receiver twelve on the season. Uh, at this point, is Amari Cooper a must-start against the Falcons, who are giving up the fifth most points to the position? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, the they suck um, against against wide receivers. Um, they're the only concern is that they have a you know good young rookie or not rookie corner, but he's a young corner in um, what's the AJ Terrell, who will probably be locked up with Amari most of the game. So that's a little bit of a concern. Right. Yeah, but. Either way, they're giving up a ton of points. I expect Amari Cooper to have another another good game. Uh, David Njoku finally had a big game last week after really starting off slow uh, this season. He was a guy that I was, you know, um, looking at as a late round tight end that I could that I thought could produce um, some nice numbers this year. He was a waiver wire target this year or this week because of um, you know his big game last week. Are you comfortable plugging him in at tight end again uh, this week? I mean, am I comfortable? No, but same thing as like with the rest of the of the matchups. I mean, this is a great matchup when it comes to 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 tight ends. The the, the Falcons are giving up seventeen points a game. To tight ends and most for most teams that's a single tight end that means every tight end they're playing is a, that's a lot of points so yeah. yeah i think when it comes to streaming options he's probably about as good as it gets yeah i would agree with that um cordell patterson on the other side of the ball 
look, you know, we, we thought he might have a strong start to the season as he did last year. You know, we'll see as the season continues um, if his body can hold up. But had a big game last week, putting up over 150 total yards and scored a touchdown. Was it just the matchup, or can we expect more of this out of Cordell? You know, I'm leaning towards it being more of a matchup. Um, he kind of did the same thing in week one um, when they played. I mean, I guess New Orleans is a good defense, so maybe not so much, but I don't know. I think he took advantage of a matchup, and i not saying you can expect that kind of same production out of him this week. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has another, you know, four or five more good weeks in before you know he hits that wall like he did last year. But I'm still a believer in Tyler Algier myself, so I still expect him to kind of still work his way into the backfield and continue to take touches away from Patterson. I will say this. I mean, if the Browns don't have Miles Garrett, the Browns, their defense really hasn't been great this year. Um, You know, it's nothing like that defense that we saw. Gosh, what was that? Two years ago now? Uh, Yeah that was super stout, you know, they are not at that level. Um, I, I would say much, much less so. And especially if miles Garrett is out, um, I'm happy to go ahead and flex, uh, Patterson this week. That's, and that's a good point. I, I, I forget that miles Garrett's out in that situation. It was so weird. We got such weird information when it first happened. Um, they said like it was a bad accident, but no serious injuries. And more that's come out, um, no drugs or alcohol were involved, thank God. Um, the story that's out there is that he swerved on a wet road to miss some kind of animal, and then they rolled. So that's a little concerning, just that. But it's kind no of major injuries. They don't, no one's saying like what kind of animal it was. Like, I hope he didn't <laughs> do all that just to avoid like a squirrel or something. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a deer? Sure. A deer is going through that Porsche window and, and possibly right. killing you. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. They he did he did stay at home today. He didn't go to the facility, but they are expecting him back at the facility tomorrow. Um apparently he's just kind of bruised up and with some lacerations and kind of just sore overall. So that kind of leans to me thinking he's gonna play just because like he's a competitor. Sure. Um but but who knows? Keep an eye on it, honestly. Yeah, we hope he's okay and glad it was nothing super serious, uh, but definitely scary. Uh, Drake London has been on fire. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about this guy in our, our rookie receiver uh, episode uh, way back when, before the NFL draft, and we all thought, you know, this guy definitely has the potential to come in and, and be a, a, a weapon from the get-go just because of the profile and, and the athleticism. Um, he scored in back-to-back weeks, seems to be you know, developing some really good chemistry with Marcus Mariota. He's wide receiver 13 on the season right now. I mean, is he a week-in and week-out start? Yeah, I, I kind of think he is. The kind of usage he's getting, and he's getting, you know, a lot of looks in the red zone when they are there. Um, it just seems like he's a guy you have to have in your lineup. I'd rather have him in my lineup and have him throw up one bad game than to continue to watch him on my bench put up big games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Commanders taking on the Cowboys uh, in Dallas. The The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. How do you think Wentz feels about feels uh, being the underdog to Carson Rush, Rush over there? <laughs> Cooper Rush. 
Cooper Rush, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Um, I don't personally give a shit what Carson Wentz feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the reason the Cowboys are the favorite is not because Cooper Rush is playing, it's because they're, they have a good defense and yeah. Washington's not a very good team. So um, Carson Wentz came out, you know, the first couple weeks of the season and killed it. And I said last week with Trey that this is the week that's going to test them and we'll see if, if this is for real or not. And he did not deliver. He was yeah. poor. At one point in the game, he had like negative six passing yards in like the third quarter or something like that. It was insane. Um, yeah. So it, it's rough. But there were some highlights for, for Washington last week. Tell you what, man. Eagles are a team to be reckoned with right now. Um, Jalen Hurts has improved dramatically through the offseason and, and is really looking good. And obviously having uh, a freak like A.J. Brown to throw to helps that a lot. But um, right now the over-under is 41.5 points in this game, uh, the Commanders at Cowboys. Washington struggled last week against the Eagles like we just talked about, but Terry McLaurin did have his first 100-yard game of the season. Curtis Samuel put up um, pretty decent numbers. Are you plugging both of those guys back into your lineup um, again this week against the, the Cowboys? You know, I think you kind of have to. Obviously, where you drafted Scary Terry, you probably have to play him regardless. He's probably your wide receiver, too. Um, and Curtis Samuel was a pretty big uh, waiver wire pickup of, of the first couple weeks of the season. And Scary Terry seems to be the more up and down player here with Samuel being pretty consistent. Um, but I think they're both worthy plays still. I think Jahan Dotson is the one that you need to keep away from your starting lineup right now. Yeah, I would I would sit and wait on Jahan, but I, I do think the other two you can start. Obviously, Terry, you're you're probably gonna have to start. Um Curtis Samuel, the waiver wire darling in week one. I mean, at this point, yeah, you have to start him. The usage is there. You know, the the numbers weren't great last week, but they weren't terrible either. Um, so I I think he's a flex option this week. Uh Antonio Gibson, currently the running back twelve on the season. Um, but he's kind of being buoyed by a couple of TDs earlier in the season, um, but he's not been effective, and his snap count has definitely dropped since week one. Brian Robinson is on the horizon. He's lingering. He, he He's going to be back um, sooner rather than later. How do you feel about Antonio Gibson? Are you starting him this week? I think you probably still have to start him for now, but Man, this is the beginning of the end, I feel like. Um, it seems like the way everything was trending before Brian Robinson had had the you know mugging attempt, um, it just seemed like Antonio Gibson was not even part of this offense's game plan any longer, and I don't see him being part of it when Robinson comes back because he hasn't played that good. Like like you said, he's been buoyed by a couple of, Couple of touchdowns that are, you know, bumping his numbers up there, but his averages aren't great. He's not getting a ton of look out of the backfield, which has been what we expected the last few weeks. Um, you know, because JD McKissick is, is there. So man, I think this is really the beginning of the end. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um trade Antonio for what you can <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys, you know, this backfield situation is is interesting to say the least. I think Zeke, when he does get touches, he's averaging about five yards per carry, but the volume is not there. Uh, Tony Pollard has had flashes, 
hasn't been super consistent though, but he has made some big plays. I mean, really, can you start either one of these guys with, with real confidence? Unless you're in a pinch, I guess. Um, honestly, not with any kind of confidence at all. Um, it's just, it's not the way we kind of expected. We kind of thought that like we'd see a lot of Tony Pollard um, as in the wide receiver, you know, out of the slot and stuff like that, and we would target him that way. And that hasn't really happened. I mean, he had seven targets in week two, but outside of that, only three targets the rest of the season. So I don't, I don't know. And I don't. He had, and really, Tony Pollard had a good game last week or a decent game last week because of one big run. Right? He had right. that like I don't know, like fifty yard run or sixty yard run, whatever it was, that really helped out his stats. Other than that, he was pretty pedestrian. So, no, I don't think you can start either one of them with any kind of confidence. Um, I wouldn't even like to put one in my flex play, but you probably have to, um, just knowing where you probably drafted him. Yeah, I mean, I will say Tony Pollard has at least that ability still to break big plays and big runs, you know, or, you know, just little dump-offs out of the backfield, whereas Zeke, I, I don't know if he has that anymore, you know. Uh, he's yeah. a between the tackles guy. He's he's still effective in that role, but I don't know if we're going to see many big plays out of Zeke. You're kind of hoping, or at least banking on, a lot of goal line opportunities with Zeke at this point. Um, Dalton Schultz uh, missed the Monday night game against the Giants, but was a game time decision. So sounds like he's probably going to be able to play this week. It's been a quiet. Uh, start to the season. I know a lot of people are drafting Dalton Schultz pretty high uh, in drafts, thinking he could have a real breakout campaign. Uh, but obviously, that has not happened at this point. Are you plugging Dalton Schultz into your tight end slot? You know, I think he probably had to with where you drafted him. And I mean, he, week one, he actually had a decent stat line. He did get nine targets and had seven touches or seven receptions for 62 yards. So that's good. Week two kind of dropped off. But, you know, I mean, they all that was the first week with Cooper Rush and they're still trying to figure things out that way. Missing the Giants game, you know, so like his season doesn't look great, but I think it's better than what most people are saying it is. So, yeah, I think you actually still can throw Dalton Schultz back in there. Plus, Washington is giving up roughly 10 points a game to the position. So that's a pretty solid start out of any tight end week in and week out. Would you go uh, Schultz or Njoku if you have both? If Schultz is playing, obviously. Man, that's that one's tough because I think Njoku has the much higher ceiling, but also could completely bottom out. Um, so I guess it depends on what you the rest of your roster is looking like, and which on would you rather have like a consistent, most likely get you eight eight to ten points, or that boomer bust guy that could go for zero or twenty, you know? So that's tough. Um, right. So and I have Dalton Schultz in one league. And I think in that league, I would prefer going with Schultz over Njoku. Okay. It's Njoku for me right now. Um, Just because of Cooper Rush for the most part. Yeah, but, yeah that's fair. Uh, I mean, Jacoby's not, not much better, but at least they, <laughs> you know, are going in with the game plan that they planned on, you know, from the get-go at the beginning of the season. Right. Uh, Titans at the Colts. Uh, Colts are three point favorites right now. The over under is 42 and a half points. <sighs> Man, this Titans <laughs> offense <laughs> is just brutal right now. You know, it's basically Derrick Henry and 
and that's it. I mean, there's been a <laughs> yeah. lot of talk about getting Traylon Burks more involved every single fucking week, and then he doesn't get more involved. I don't understand that. Um, this is a guy you drafted at you know, the high first round of the NFL draft. He's got the profile. I don't understand why we're not targeting this guy more or at least designing more plays for him. Um, but right now it's, it's Derek Henry, you know, Robert Hoods has Robert Woods has been a disappointment to say the least, but he's coming off the ACL. He's an older vet. You know, you can't expect him to carry this offense. They need someone else to step up and it just hasn't been happening. So it's basically Derek Henry and that's it. Right. Yeah, it is. And even Derek Henry's not having a great season. Uh, right. Before week three, he had a total of 15 points. So, and that was half of that was, you know, according or almost half that was from one touchdown. So it's rough, man. The whole Titans offense is, is awful. Um, obviously you have to play Derrick Henry cause you drafted him at probably the third or fourth overall pick. So you're playing Derrick Henry, but after that, Matt, nobody should, <laughs> I almost honestly, outside of Derrick Henry, I'm not sure there's another guy who should be even be rostered. Yeah. I'm holding on to Traylon Burks just to see what happens. Cause there's been so much talk about him getting more involved, but at some point Vrabel's got to, you know, put his money where the mouth is and get the guy more involved, you know, yep. and so does Tannehill, you know, um, it's time to step up and, and, and really show out because it's, it's been pretty freaking terrible to say the least. And, and same with the Colts <laughs> Colts offense has been pretty much God awful. Uh, Jonathan Taylor did not practice Wednesday. He's got a toe injury. It's the first time his his name has appeared on the injury report, so his status is questionable. If he's healthy, you're obviously playing him, but keep an eye out because that could be um, you know, really concerning. That that leaves some room for maybe Naeem Hines to have some more fantasy value this week, especially if, if Jonathan Taylor is coming into the game hurt. What do you think about Naeem Hines? I mean, it's all about, about what you know, Taylor is you know, how hobbled he is coming in. The they do expect him to play, but do toe injuries are, are kind of like ham, hamstrings. Like they're really easy to aggregate, um, aggravate. And like, if you ever played football, I swear to you get your, you get cleated one time. And I swear to God, every other play after that, you're getting cleated again. I don't understand how, how does this like, it's a magnet <laughs> for other people's cleats, man. Just one of yeah. those weird things. Um, so that sucks. They do expect him to play. Um, if it, he is limited though, I mean, Naeem Hines could be a decent flex play for you if he's limited in any way. Yeah, this could, you know, if you've been holding on to Naeem on your bench, this could be a week to plug him in. If, if Jonathan Taylor is struggling going into this game, Matt Ryan, uh, finally showed a little bit of, of why they brought him, you know, in this season from Atlanta. Um, it's got a pretty good matchup against a, a Tennessee defense that's been struggling. Do you consider him a, a streamable option this week at quarterback? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, the Titans are giving up the sixth most points per game to the position at over 22 a game. And that's that's a lot for, for you know for any quarterback. Um, you know, you're pretty happy if you get a quarterback that's you somewhere between 18 and 20. I think over 22, you're going to be pretty ecstatic about. And I think this offense is still just figuring it out. I think, you know, Matt Ryan and Frank Reich are still starting our, you know, working it out. I think they're starting to put it together though. So I expect this offense to get better as the season goes along. I do too. It's just been really disappointing <laughs> to me anyways. I mean, if it's not Michael Pittman, it's literally nothing. And 
that's that's tough, man. I, you know, the offensive line is struggling. Matt Ryan's been struggling. He has literally zero mobility at this point. I, you know, <laughs> it reminds me of Eli Manning out there in his last couple of years where he just goes down. Chad like Powers? He, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chad Powers, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chad Powers is the fucking future Hall of Famer, okay? Um, <laughs> Eli was, you know avoiding every little bit of contact that he possibly could. And I'm seeing a lot of that like Matt Ryan is right now. Yeah. Um, so hey, man, don't hand on he, Eli that much. He, there's a pretty good chance he still makes the Hall of Fame. No, I, you know, I think <laughs> there is. But, uh, yeah, those last couple of years were, you know. They were rough. He was taking some dives for sure. You know, no boxing, but taking dives. Um, Bears at the Giants. The Giants are three-point favorites. The over-under is just 39 points in this matchup. So not a lot of points expected to be scored here, and rightfully so. We're talking about the Chicago Bears that throw the ball 10 times a game, if that. Um, It's just been absolutely terrible. Um, You know, I don't know if Justin Fields just did not progress as much as we were hoping in the offseason or if this is a coaching strategy, but they are not throwing the ball. I mean, at this point, to me, David uh, or Mooney can be dropped. Cole Komet, hopefully you dropped him, you know, weeks ago. Um, I want no part of this offense outside of the running backs. Yeah. 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 Uh... I mean, they're throwing the ball 17 times a game. He's just not completing more than 10. <laughs> it's 2022. Yeah, I know. What the no, fuck it's are rough. we doing? I mean, this you is like the Bears it. from this is the Bears from 1985. But I can probably say the fridge is not walking through that door to help this offense or that defense. You're not having you know the 12 Hall of Famers that were on that damn team. So uh, yeah, they need to they need to hurry it up and figure something out quick. Yeah, uh, David Montgomery still struggling with that injury. He's day-to-day, missed Wednesday's practice, so keep an eye on his status. If he misses the game, Khalil Herbert obviously is a must-start after putting up 150 yards last week. Yep. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants. I mean, what are you starting anyone on the Giants? Besides no, I'm um, Saquon. Saquon. Yeah, I do want to just throw out that like I'm super bummed that Sterling Shepard is dealing with another major injury. Yeah, um, that was really sad to see him go. I mean, there was less than two minutes to go in the game. And like you want to know the epitome of a non-contact injury. Watch that go. That happened. He was running a go route, started to slow down and just fell over in a heap of pain. Yep. like That's not even close to being t- like. Oh man, when I first thought saw, I thought it could be like a patellar tendon as well, but it just sucks. Cause like he's dealt with a lot of major injuries recently, and like he seemed to be the guy who was starting to emerge out of this receiving corpse, and now we're back to square one. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I think the NFL has to look at possibly going back to all grass fields, and I know it's much more expensive to maintain, but the, a lot of the players recently have been talking about how turf you tear your ACLs on turf, you know because it's so unforgiving. Um, And those non-contact injuries, you know, ever since artificial turf was introduced, I mean, we see ACLs constantly getting torn. And so at some point, if the NFL is all about player safety, you got to look into that. You know what I mean? Because there's guys getting ACLs torn every single week. 
if we're talking about player safety every single week, then, hey, it's time to step up and spend a little bit more money on your field maintenance and go back to grass. Yeah, the the only downside is that there's of that, you know, which I've, I somewhat agree, but like so there's so many teams that are in poor weather areas, you know, whether it be the winter or even the fall and they just get downpoured on no matter how good your your maintenance is. Um, you can only do so much. I mean, shoot, like remember, like back when RG three first tore up his knee football, in the playoffs against the Seahawks, like yeah. that field was an absolute mess because of all the rain they had they had, had and like there's nothing you would have been able to do to to help that. So it's tough. I mean, it's it's super nice for like you know Arizona and like Las Vegas. It's perfect. They literally can roll their field in and out of the stadium to give it sunlight. So like they yeah. they're in the perfect situation. But there's certain teams that's just. What are you going to do about it when you're up in Green Bay and it's under three feet of snow? Yeah, that's true. But is it? do you want that or do you want your players tearing their ACLs every week? I mean, you know, I just think it's funny how we tout player safety as much as we do. And then, you know, things that cost more money, we're not, we're not, they're not willing to do. It's just like, I don't know. I think there's got to be give and take. But anyways, that's a different Different subject. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaguars taking on the Eagles. Uh, Eagles right now are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is 48 points. I'm excited to see how this game plays out because the Jaguars have, and I talked about it, and not to toot my own horn, but the, the Jaguars were a team that I thought would be much improved this year. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence got a really bad rap last year because of Urban Meyer and that whole situation. Um, and they are playing a lot better. Peterson has, you know, um, turned this team around. They're playing a lot better, but they are going up against a team that is firing on, on all cylinders right now in the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, we talked about him on the waiver wire episode. He's been playing well, but this week might, might, might not be the week to start him. Um, unless you're in like a super flex league and you, you're kind of forced to start him um, at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm conflicted because obviously the Eagles are a really good defense and they are taking over games right now. But this is a Doug Peterson revenge game. And I could see him coming in with a very special game plan and knowing how to attack the defense because they're still running essentially the same defense they ran when he was there. They haven't really changed that up a whole lot. So, I mean... I, I could see this working out in their favor and I'm with you. I'm leaning towards not starting Trevor Lawrence, but man, if you're, if you're a betting kind of person, why not throw some money down on, tre- on Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, it could be interesting. This could be one of the surprises of the week where, you know, this Eagles team is on fire and they're coming into this thing. Like their shit don't stink. And Peterson and the Jaguars surprise them a little bit. So this is a game to keep an eye on. Like I said, it's one that I, I really would like to watch um, this weekend. Um, as far as this running back situation, though, Travis Etienne. Man, Travis Etienne. <laughs> I know. We had big hopes for this guy coming into the season, but apparently James Robinson is invincible and um, <laughs> is playing out of his mind, you know, uh, ETN is only getting 36% of the running back touches right now. He's the RB 37 on the season. Can you start ETN again, or are you looking elsewhere? Honestly, I think this is time to look elsewhere and probably for the rest of the season, unless there's something we see change. I think right now ETN needs to be put. I'm not saying you're dropping him, 
but he needs to be on your bench. And I would not throw him in the lineup unless I had no other options. Um, or if something we again, we see something change as the season goes along. Yeah, I would agree with that. Zay Jones um, was a big name in the waiver wire this week. He's been averaging about eight targets a game. Um, but if you did pick him up off the waiver wire this week, are you throwing him into your lineup against the Eagles? I'm I'm going to say no. Um, I, again, it's a tough matchup, and I would still lean towards Christian Kirk. Um, you know, getting the the bulk of the receiving options. I understand Darius Slay's on their side, so you could see a huge heaping of that. But Darius Slay is mostly a boundary corner, and Christian Kirk does play out of the slot a bunch. So that's why I'm going to lean towards Christian Kirk still being the guy here. And Zay Jones, I would wait another week before throwing into my lineup. Yeah, it's Christian Kirk and no one else for me uh, this week. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball? Obviously, you're starting Jalen Hurts. You're starting A.J. Brown. What about Devontae Smith? Back-to-back good games. Went nuclear in week three some really impressive catches we all know he's a very talented uh player but he did put up the stinker in week one to me i think you know after last week i think it's this i think Jalen's really finding a groove in this offense i don't see jacksonville as the most intimidating defense i to me i, I think Devonte is you know, for where you drafted him, he can probably be a nice flex play for you, and and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Obviously, that zero in the back of in form we won like sticks in the back of my mind. It's a little concerning that he can just get ignored like that against. So it's it's concerning that way. But like you said, it seems to be finding a groove. And you're right, the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't great against receivers. They're they're okay. They're in the top. They're they're ranked 11th against receivers. So or 11th worst i'm sorry so actually they're ranked like 19th so yeah um not a not a horrible matchup for for him to you know take advantage of yeah obviously dallas godair you're starting uh he's a mismatch nightmare across the middle and has been producing at the tight end position which is which is wonderful uh what about the running backs though miles sanders automatic start for you that's, your guy. That's, <laughs> That's your my guy. guy. Yeah. Hey, man. If, if any regular listeners of the show have heard me rant about Miles about Miles Sanders enough, um, I'm not going to go ahead and do it again this week. But the only real competition he has is Kenneth Gainwell, and Kenneth Gainwell has not been getting touches this season. Just like straight out hasn't been getting the touches. So it's Miles Sanders or bust. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Jets taking on the Steelers. Uh, Steelers are three and a half point favorites. Over under is forty and a half, so not a lot of points here. Uh, apparently, Zach Wilson is back, and they're just plugging Ooh. him right back in there, man. Because you know he's really earned it. So better <laughs> just keep plugging him in. Um, yeah, Zach Wilson starting in Week Four. I'm benching all my Jets. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I- start Brees Hall, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I hope you don't have like a large, you know, collection of Jets players on your team. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, until you see what happens with Wilson at quarterback, no one should be sniffing your lineup. Yep. Um, what about on the other side of the ball? Um, unless you want to talk about the running backs, pretty solid and Michael Carter. Um, I do want to touch on a little bit because last week was the first time this season that they did a true 50-50 split. 
in the backfield where, you know, the first few weeks, Michael, Michael Carter was kind of not the bell cow, but it was getting the majority of the touches. So I, I don't know what to expect. I think, um, I think I would still lean towards Michael Carter as a star only because he's been getting most of the touches. Maybe last week was kind of a fluky thing. But at the same time, Brees Hall got a 11 targets out of the backfield with a different quarterback. So it's tough, man. Um, I'd probably lean towards not playing either one of them if you can, but you might not have an option. Yeah. It's a wait and see approach right now with this. I mean, we have to do it all. It's like the beginning of the season again now with Zach Wilson coming back. So we just have to yep. wait and see how this offense plays out with Zach Wilson at quarterback because God forbid, you know, he sits for a little bit and learns from a veteran. Um, Bills, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. I don't get it. But Bills at the Ravens, uh, Buffalo Bills, three-point favorites, over-unders 52 points. This game should be bonkers. Um, obviously, yeah. Josh Josh Allen versus Lamar. <sighs> Man, it's going to be cool to watch for sure. Um, you know, on the Bills side, obviously, you're starting Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They've been absolutely on fire. But what about uh, the ne- the other receiver in this offense, Gabe Davis? Up and down season so far, really good, solid, you know, week one, uh, missed week two with an injury, seemed to be just trying to come back in week three. I think maybe he was more of a decoy in week three, not 100% healthy. Um, but what do you think about Gabe Davis, you know, going into this matchup against the Ravens? Man, I don't know. He's been up and down. And like I said, I said it all off season. I'm not a huge believer in Gabe, Gabe Davis. I believe in this offense, though, so he's going to get his touches. I think most people are putting way too much, you know, stock into a major, a huge playoff game against the Chiefs. You know, we had four touchdowns. And it just seemed like people were like, oh, he's the next guy in Buffalo. And I'm like, okay, he showed us, like, you know, he had one or two games, you know, in a stretch at the end of the season where he was really good. And I was like, people can get hot. You know, they defense can completely forget about who to cover when you have Stephon Diggs out there. So I don't know, man. I think with where you probably drafted him, you're probably throwing him into your flex because you're not going to have a better option. But, you know, I'm I'm still waiting and seeing on Gabe Davis. I'm just not a big believer in him yet until he shows me something else. Yeah, I'm a little bit on the other side of the fence here. I mean, it's a high over under. So I want pizzas of this game where I can get them. And I kind of view Gabe Davis in the Mike Williams light. Um, I think he's he fits in that that realm where it's 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 probably going to be boom or bust for most weeks. Um, and I think in a matchup like this, where the defense obviously is going to be focused on Stephon Diggs, hopefully Gabe Davis is back a little bit, you know, feeling more towards one hundred percent than he was last week. I think this could be a good game for Gabe Davis. I'm starting him if I have him, uh, just because I want pieces of this game. A lot of points um, expected to be scored, like I said, and I kind of view him, yeah, like I said, as 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 a Mike Williams type, where it's going to be feast or famine, um, and hopefully this week it's feast. Uh, Dawson Knox, after getting the the big payday, has not paid out for his team. What are you doing with Dawson Knox? I think he's dealing with another injury this week. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, so we're gonna have to vet uh, that. Yeah, but... limited practice, um, with back and hip injuries. 
But yeah, right. going back to the original question, um, at this point, I'm honestly, I'm dropping Dawson Knox. I said it earlier when we were talking about Gasicki. Dawson Knox is at, for all starting tight ends is getting the third least targeted out of all starting tight ends, only 13%. Only beating Gasicki is at 10%, and Hunter Henry, though, is at 7%. So he's just not part of this offense right now. I'm not entirely sure why, because he showed he was a good big play threat for them last season. And they've really kind of lost weapons in the offense because Gabe Davis has been hurt. And I like your your Mike Williams comparison there. Um, so there's doubling Stephon Diggs, and you haven't really seen anything out of like Crowder or Isaiah McKenzie this year. So I was thinking Knox would be a bigger part of this offense, and it hasn't happened. So until I see that, I'm dropping him. And you're probably safe to do so because for most people, Dawson Knox was the, wasn't being drafted until the 11th or 12th round. Um, after you know the death death of his brother, yeah, and I think that you know his whole situation might have something to do with it. But so I'm kind of on the wait and and see approach uh, with Dawson. If if I can hold on to him, I I will. But I I'm totally comfortable dropping him if if there's someone else on the waiver wire that has a lot of has a a good amount of upside, um, and you need to you know make changes to your roster. I'm I'm totally cool with that. Um, speaking of Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder, you know, they're splitting that wide receiver three role, that slot, um, role, which sucks because I was really hoping that Isaiah McKenzie could be a weekend and week out, um, fantasy relevant player, but he is splitting time with Jameson Crowder in that role. And it makes it really hard to start either one of those guys. So, um, just want to say, I'm, I'm not starting either one of those guys, even though Isaiah McKenzie did score last week, it's, he's going to be a touchdown dependent player. Um, on the other side of the ball, J.K. Dobbins came back last week. Um, he wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only played one-third of the snaps and only got six carries, and I'm, I'm sure he was on a snap count, and that's the reason for that. But also, man, Justin Hill did play pretty well. and looked Justice pretty Hill. Justice Hill, excuse me, looked pretty explosive. You know, I, you know, John Harbaugh is definitely hyping him up a bit, talking about he's running like a star. I, I wouldn't buy into that too much. You know, I don't think Justice Hill, Justice Hill is taking over this backfield by any means. I think once J.K. Dobbins is back and, and in the groove of things, it is his backfield. And Gus Edwards is also still lingering. So I wouldn't buy into the Justice Hill hype too much. Um, but that's just my opinion. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Justice Hill came in lit the world. Like he also only had six carries, so let's keep that right. in mind. And he, you know, I know he gained sixty yards, but like in the first couple weeks of the season, he wasn't doing any anything special either. So I'm with you. Um, I think this is still JK's backfield. Um, Gus Edwards, I think, is still hurt. I think he's yeah, he's still on the pup list. So they say he's close. He might. I mean, they're saying he's close this week. He's still not practicing. So. Um, I would think that it's probably still a week or two out before we see anything from Gus Edwards. So I'm not worried about J.K. Dobbins when he's going to be in this offense. Um, I mean, if you listen to this at all, you know I'm a huge J.K. Dobbins believer. I think he's a major, major talent. I think he's by far the most talented back uh, running back that this team has. So I think he's going to be just fine. And you know, I think he there's a probably pretty good chance he was on a you know a pitch count last week. So. I would expect him to um, continue to ramp up production as the weeks go on. Well, apparently all the running backs are on a pitch count, even those that run like a star. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it just cracks me up when a coach says, oh, yeah, he's running like a, an absolute star, and you only gave him the ball six times? Right. That's, that's weird. Uh, that's kind of count, uh, counterintuitive. 
Uh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's just a hype coming from the coach. Um, so I, I wouldn't buy into that um, at this point. Yeah, Lamar is the fucking guy here. Um, yeah. and he's he's going to continue to be the guy running for 100 yards and throwing for, for two. So um, Lamar is just absolutely incredible. Like, Yeah, it, it's insane. I mean, right, tell, right now... Like, the 20 pounds that he put on, like you can see it, you know what I mean? Like he just looks sturdy as fuck and, and just looks like uh, unstoppable at this point. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I know it's only three weeks, but you can pretty much just etch his name into the MVP trophy. Yeah. Um, no shit. Cause unless there's some major change, I mean, it is his to lose. Um, what about the receivers? You know, I'm curious um, how you feel about this whole situation. Rashad Bateman, you know, um, I, oh, I like what you put here. For anyone who hasn't moved in the 21st century and is still playing standard fantasy football <laughs> scoring, uh, Rashad Bateman is the wide receiver 16, but in PPR formats, he's the wide receiver 30. Um, going against the Bills this week, it's a tough matchup. How do you <laughs> yeah. feel about Rashad? It, that's a really rough matchup, man. Um, I, I like Rashad still for the season. Um, I He's not taking up or not picking up right where Marquise Hollywood Brown left off with all those targets he was getting. Uh, maybe they'll still come, but like you said, this matchup is too tough for me to want to put a borderline flex player into my lineup. Um, I'm thinking you probably have a better option for this week. Yeah, what about Devin Duvernay? He's kind of been, kind of been uh, annoying <laughs> because of <laughs> the targets he takes away from Rashad. And he's played well, though. He had a really, really nice catch in the back of the end zone last week. Yeah, but I mean, he's not getting a lot of targets. He has eight targets on the season: four yeah. in week one, two in the, in the in the last two games. So I mean, he's being like extremely buoyed by three touchdowns. Um, there's right. But I mean, he has 115 yards in the season in three games. So, yeah, he's more just gonna like that nuisance that you're like that ball could have been Rashad's. Um, but that's just one of the things you're gonna, you're gonna have to live with, and it's just gonna be kind of a you know a thorn in your foot in your foot here. Yeah, but Lamar has just been dotting people. Like I'm just so impressed with his his accuracy right now. It's just, it's just, it's incredible <laughs> to have a guy that that's accurate, that has the arm strength and can do what he does on the ground. It's just, gosh, it's crazy. Um, yeah. the chargers taking on the Texans, the chargers are five point favorites over under 44 points. Um, man, the art, the chargers have really been dealing with the injury bug lately. Um, <laughs> Did get some good news this week as Justin Herbert did not have any setbacks in week three with his rib injury. Tough kid. He's playing through it. And Keenan Allen is back at practice this week. Both are expected to play. Um, and <laughs> you want to read this one off for a whole <laughs> It was a damn big Mike back at it again with the up and down play. <laughs> uh, yeah, bring back, bring back the old me. I couldn't help it. Um, I just, I was like, the, he's doing exactly what we did last year, and it just drives you crazy. Because even in in a week when Keen Allen, Allen was out, he did, you know, he put up crap numbers. And it's just like he was kind of saved by that one touchdown. But it was his only catch of the game, one catch for fifteen yards and a touchdown. Like that's not right. something you can rely on every week. You know, that's just it's awful. And like I just don't know what to expect. 
Um, and honestly, my bigger concern with this offense as a whole is that they did just lose uh, their left tackle uh, for the season, Rashawn Slater, who was a rookie last year, was an all pro immediately. He's really freaking good. And that's a concern for Herbert having time to get the ball out to the receivers. That's a concern for Austin Eckler turning his season around a little bit and getting you know more, more productive in the, in the rushing game. So there's a concern all around for me on this offense right now. Yeah, Austin Eckler, man, has been disappointing. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but only four attempts last week. Did have eight targets through the air and caught all eight of them, but still wasn't enough to give him a real nice fantasy finish. I mean, all right, so Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. I mean, you're starting all three, though, right? Yeah, I mean, you you probably have to with where you drafted him. If there's one guy I'm the least likely to start, it'd be Mike Williams, um, just because it he's just so frustrating and you have no idea what's going to happen week in and week out. They are playing Houston, though, so, I mean, if there's a game for him to have a, have a good game or a game for all three of them to have good games, it would be this one. Um, so I think this week you probably are safe to start him. Uh, going back to Eckler real quick, he also had 10 targets the week before, so he's getting a ton of, of out-of-the-passing you know, work. Um, and that's helping him out a lot. But man, if you took any of that away or you cut it in half, I mean, th- this is would be like a lost season for him at this point. Yeah, super concerning, uh, especially for where you drafted him. So um, on the other side of the ball, you know, I expect the Chargers to really take care of business here against the Texans, especially if they come into it healthy. But what about Brandon Cooks, man? The old reliable you know, almost guaranteed to get a thousand yards receiving year in and year out, but he has not been super consistent. Um, like we expect only finished yeah. as a top 30 wide receiver once this year so far. Are you starting him again this, this week against the chargers? They, they are likely going to be playing from behind. Yeah, but they're likely to be paying, playing from behind every week. Um, uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously they they gave Denver a run for their money. So there was that. And then they were playing Chicago last week. So, you know, you can't put a whole lot of stock in those. And I still like the targets that he's getting, you know, 12, 10 and seven so far in the season, which is great. There's just nothing behind those targets, man. I mean, he's only catching like 40 percent of the ball so far this season. Um, Davis Mills, by the way, has like the third worst bad pass percentage in the league at like 27 percent of his throws are bad throws. So he's not on target. He's not coming anywhere near the receivers. He seems to be of really taking a step back from what we saw in his rookie season. So that's a concern. Um, and I don't think I'm dropping Brandon Cooks, but man, I, he's he's sitting on my bench until I see something else. Yeah, old long neck is uh, not really <laughs> not really paying off this year. I mean, in this game, if you had to start Cooks or Mike Williams. Oh man, I Mike Williams just because the offense as a whole is better, and obviously I'm not gonna I'm gonna take you know Herbert being a lot more accurate and even spreading the ball around to a lot more weapons. I'm going to take over Davis Mills apparently airmailing every throw to Brandon Cooks. <laughs> uh, in the backfield, Damian Pierce has pretty much dominated carries yes! in back to back weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, um, you know. Coach wanted to keep his job for, job for at least a little bit longer, um, <laughs> and decided to finally give his best running back the ball. Um, it's pretty much his backfield for the rest of the season, right? And is he a week week in and week out start? Yeah, um, 
it's definitely his backfield. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a week in week outside, just depending on the matchup. I mean, obviously we have to keep in mind that Houston's not very good. And so um there could be games he's he is just stuffed at the line because the offensive line for the Texans isn't good. But I think he should be a very worthy flex play pretty much every week for you. Um possibly even a very high end flex play. Um actually I personally this week I think it's a great flex play. The, the Chargers, once again, are not good against the rush. Um, I don't know why. They have so many names on this defense, they can't get it done. Not to mention Joey Bosa is is out. He's on the IR um, with a groin injury, so you're losing one of your best players that way. So yeah, I think Damian Pierce is um, is a pretty damn good play this week. Yeah, I agree with that. And and hopefully Rex Burkhead just goes ahead and does us all a favor and retires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that'll do it for the early window games. Um, a lot of them. So make sure you get up on Sunday and are ready to watch these games, I guess if you live on the West Coast like we do. Um, and then, uh, later this week, or at least, uh, Friday, we will have our late game window, uh, matchups. So we'll be going through all those games. And we'll also be doing our starts of the week. So make sure you tune in for that. Could be some nice, um, sleepers in that, in that, uh, episode for you to go ahead and plug into your roster. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Um, hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers, if you haven't already. And uh, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating or or better. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. Later. Bye.